Okay, guys, Rebecca Rains here with Grateful Heart and seven degrees of Kevin Bacon big time here. I have Mike Ryan in studio today coming to talk to us, and he's a professional business and financial consultant working in Orange County, California for the past 31 years. He has a range of experience in both finance, project development, and business mediation. He also uses these skills to assist high net worth individuals and business owners with key planning and financial decisions that have made a career out of assist and has made a career out of assisting small business owners and startup companies navigate the challenges of starting and staying in business. Welcome, Mike. Hi, I'm Rebecca Hidalgo Reigns and you're listening to Grateful Heart. I started this show to help educate my clients on the real estate market and it's evolved into so much more. I found that I love talking to people and I love learning new things. While our expertise is still on the health of the housing market, we want to focus on the health and the well-being of our listeners as well. More specifically, where we reside in our hearts, in our minds, and in our homes. The biggest purchase in our life just isn't a house. It's where we raise our children, start a new business, pray for our loved ones, and follow our dreams. It's even where we listen to our favorite podcast. When we are successful at home, everything else just falls into place, and we are so grateful for that. Home is where the grateful heart is. Thank you for joining us today. Hi, guys. I'm your host, Rebecca Hidalgo Reigns with Grateful Heart TV. And in studio today, not on Zoom, but in studio today, I have Mike Ryan. Mike, we met in a kind of odd way, but I'm glad we met and you're here today. Yeah, glad to be here. Thank you. And you live in California, but you happen to be here helping a client. So Rebecca got lucky and he came in person to do the (laughs) show today. Thank you for being here. I have just a little tiny information about you that I'd like to share before we start chatting shop and business. And what is really cool about you is you have two completely different businesses. At the moment, yes. That we're going to talk about. We met through one of my past past show guests in an odd kind of way, like the seven degrees of Kevin Bacon almost is what it felt like. And next thing I know, he's here in Arizona on the show with me today. And what Mike does is he has, I don't know what the T stands for. What does MT stand for? Middle initial. Oh, just your middle initial. What is it now that I have to ask? Thomas. Okay, Mike Thomas, Ryan, Inc. And he is a business consultant, financial planner, correct? Correct. So when you have people that you come to um, that come to you for help, this is your website mm-hmm. and it's mtryaninc.com. That's right. Pretty easy to find, guys, and it's got some beautiful graphics on here. Your personalized client experience. So if somebody's coming to you for personalized client experience. What could they expect? Well, I I've been a financial advisor uh, and currently registered investment advisor. I've done that kind of work since 1992. So have a lot of experience. And just because of my early career life, I was in small business a lot. I kind of gravitated towards small business owners. So I do a lot of work with with small businesses uh-huh. and small business owners and, you know, kind of the way they move through life and into retirement and what they do with their businesses, at, you know, when they are ready to move on and that kind of thing. So more of an exit strategy. I, I do a lot of exit strategy stuff. And then, you know, just I guess because I've been out there in the business world, I get, you know, consulting jobs Mm. to do different things. And sometimes that turns into a lot more than a consulting job, which is the case with the other with the other company yes. I'm involved in. Yeah. I can't wait to hear what the other one has to do with surfing, guys. We're going to talk about that the second half of the show because I love to surf and it's super fun. <laughs> um, and I, but right now we're, I'm going to stay focused, not see the squirrels. Personalized client experience. I think this is really cool because personally, I'm a small business owner. 
And I'm sure if I sat down with you, you could probably find all the chinks in my armor and identify them for me and help me figure that out. So because I'm a system kind of girl, I like to have mm -hmm. my office manual. I liked if somebody who left me last year when she left, lucky for me, I, I had the right training for my other staff. We had the right documentation of everything. And that took a lot of work on my end. And I know most business owners don't do any of that stuff. Yeah. Um, and so what, you know, when you say personalized, do you just basically just do an intake interview with whoever it is that's looking to get maybe their business operating a little bit better? Well, we start there. Mm -hmm. And, you know, the one thing that I always tell business owners is you're good at what you do. Right. Don't try to do everything else. Get a good accountant. Yeah. Get a good attorney. Get a good, you know, get good advisors around you. And that uh -huh. includes a financial advisor. And from the standpoint of business owners and financial advising, they just have a whole, you know, different set of things that they're dealing with. Right. Um, they tend to be very, very busy and they can let that side of their life go, you know, and, and not get the attention it deserves. So. Oh, goodness. Have I worked with clients in the past who have let that side yeah. of things go? <laughs> and that usually means that they're self-employed and they haven't filed business taxes in several years. Oh, yeah. That's usually what I Amazing, end up dealing yeah. with. They, they want to buy a house and I'm like cool, let me get you with my lender. And they're like, oh, okay, well, it might, it might be a little bit rough, but we'll figure it out. I'm like, okay, great. And then I hear from the lender later, like, what a nightmare, because self-employed people, as it is, you know, really have the burden of proof to show that they can actually qualify for properties way harder than oh, I think yeah. a guy with a W-2 and a pay stub. Yeah, absolutely. You know, so there's definitely some huge rewards to owning your own business, but there's definitely some catches in owning your own business too. And I'm sure part of what you probably, I'm guessing, here, but I'm sure when you're helping somebody become more profitable, you also need to educate them probably why they need to be profitable on paper. Yeah, and particularly when it comes time to sell their business. Right. Because, you know, a lot of business owners, some don't file taxes at all. Right. Or if they do, they write down everything they possibly can. So they go to sell their business. It looks the like the buyer they don't make comes money. in and says, Well, you're not making any money. And they're like, Yeah, I do. Yeah. I just write everything off. That's I actually right. had. Um, my husband and I helped somebody with a restaurant a couple of years back, and they wanted X, and their P&L showed Y. Yeah, and big problem. That was a big problem. And, yeah. and, and that was what they said to us. They are like, well, the business pays for everything. I'm like, well, that's great, but would the IRS agree with the business paying for everything? Well, and there's ways that you can kind of structure that and document it. We call it owner benefits. Mm. So you can take... And if you've done it right, you can take your owner benefits, paying for the car, paying for the boat. Uh, I, I love doing, you know, exotic retirement plans for business owners because you can get, you know, other than a 401k or IRA, you can get lots and lots of money in there and then bring it back onto the balance sheet and say, no, this is part of what the business made. Wait a minute. Did you just say exotic what? Retirement plans. Yes, sir. <laughs> there is such a thing. There is such Thing? I've never heard of an exotic well, retirement some plan. Some people may not consider them exotic, but you know, in the well, old... I heard boat in there, so I don't know. Yeah, that sounds kind of exotic for most people who are W two. Yeah, well, in the old days, you know, everybody used to have a pension, right? Mm -hmm. You know, going back 50, 60 years ago. Sure, my grandpa well, had one. The pension laws still exist, and those are available to small business owners, you know, with the right demographics of the employees and whatnot, mm -hmm. and you know, they can put. Well, in excess of $100,000 a year in there, tax, huh. tax, you know, deferred. I had no idea. And that's one of those owner benefits where you can lower your taxes, 
but it still shows up you know, on your balance sheet. It is, this comes, is what picks the, it back up. It picks it back up because this is really what the business made. So, you know, that kind of thing. That kind of thing. Well, and that's, that's huge because I know when people come to me wanting to buy or sell real estate or businesses or anything like that, it's what shows on paper yeah. is what the IRS looks at. And that's also what the banks look at yep. is what's on paper. So if you're going through life trying to mitigate your tax consequences, it can certainly bite you when you want to go buy a house or buy a property or buy a business or buy anything for or, that matter. Or sell your business. Or sell your business. Yeah. And that's probably the biggest thing because I've been doing real estate for 30 years this May. I know I don't look old enough. I tell people that all the time. I started at the age of two. <laughs> Actually, I started at the age of 19. But that said, I've been doing it 30 years, Mike, and I don't want to do it for forever. So sure. seeing somebody like you might help me kind of get my stuff in, in gear so I can turn around and sell my business. Do you see that a lot with like insurance and real estate agents? Because I know we're not as tangible as, say, a brick and mortar shop. Yeah. You know? and, and a lot of that has to do with how you have, is your business kind of, um, what's the word? McDonaldized, yeah. for example. You know, McDonald's will sell a franchise and they have a program and anybody who is, you know, remotely capable of running a restaurant can step into that and everything is set up for them. Right. And, and so it's an easy mm-hmm. thing to get other people involved in and pick up where you left off. Yeah. So, you know, part of the thought process before you sell a business is, is this something that I'm the only one on the planet can do? And the next guy is not going to be able to pull this off and he's going to go out of business? Mm-hmm. Or is this something that I've got systems and procedures in place that somebody can step in and, and just pick up where I left off? Well, I like to think I have mine set up so somebody can just walk in and pick up where I left yeah. off. Um, you know, my I call it my office Bible. My my staff loves it when I tell them that they have to put stuff in the Bible. There you go. That's perfect. I'm constantly like, oh, we're doing something new. Put that in the Bible. Hey, did you put that in the Bible? Did you put that in the Bible? Like, I'm like so worried yeah, about that, making that's sure. that's exactly the, the, the way to go. Everything ends up in our office Bible. And so when somebody did leave us last year... Um, I say that she fired herself because I don't like firing people and she did something really stupid. But the other two were able to just jump right in because we had the office Bible. Mm -hmm. And so I I feel like I'm going in the right direction. The other thing I was coached was my database was what was really the key for my personal business that I had a robust one with lots of information and lots of contacts. And I would assume that would be the same for anybody in today's day and age with their business. Wouldn't that play into something with the value of a business? Sure. Absolutely. So what are some of the things that you help coach people to make sure that they're doing besides, like, you, it sounds like you're, you're pretty proud of me. I got my office Bible <laughs> and I have my database. What else are things that business owners need to make sure they're doing? Well, so what you just said is really critical. Policies and procedures that are, are written down mm-hmm. and something that somebody else can, can walk into and understand. That's, that's really critical. And, it, you know, for a lot of things, what if you got sick yeah. and somebody else had to step into your shoes? You know, yeah. can they do it? So that's important. And again, you know, in the case of selling a business, I like to tell people, you know, start preparing at least three years in advance because you want to, you want to kind of, and I'm not talking about fudging anything here, but you want to dress up your tax returns to reflect really what the business is doing. Not, not you writing off all your benefits. Yeah. Benefits. And you can, you there's a way, like I said, with the, in the case of the, the, Exotic, exotic planning. retirement plan. <laughs> I love that exotic retirement plan. You can you can use that, and that's a legitimate write-off. Mm-hmm. But everybody can see, oh yeah, that's part of the business revenue. It went to the business owner. Mm-hmm. So you know, it's just looking at that 
And e- even if you do have to pay a few more taxes than you're used to in uh-huh. those two or three years, it's, uh-huh. it's well worth it at the end of the day. So are most people coming to you like that are like me, that are just, you know, I am the business, or are they have a product they're selling, or do you have everything in between? Like, what's your perfect client? Over the years, I've had everything. And um, it's probably easier to identify what's not the perfect client. All right, let's identify what's not the perfect and, and client. That's, that's the kind of people you were just discussing a few minutes ago, the ones uh-huh. that are, you know, fly by the seat of their pants, don't file tax returns. Oh, yeah. The tax uh, returns are the toughest. Yeah. And, and you know, they just, they're smart people, mm-hmm. very hardworking, mm-hmm. but they they just don't want to have anything to do with that whole planning. And they want to bake their pies or make their pizzas right. or whatever their business is, you that's know. That's right. Yeah. And they don't want to deal with the business aspect of it. But if you don't, what happens? What are some of the things, like when people come to you, what, what kind of you, things you, are you seeing? You, you don't know where you're at. You mm. don't really know. And, you know, you're putting in 60, 70 hours a week. And is it worth it? Or are you making $2 an hour? And I've literally seen that. Oh, have you really? You know, where they're just... Oh, how upsetting would you know, that they've be? Got, they've got a lot of clients. They've got a lot of activity. They've mm-hmm. got a lot of things going on. But when you, you know... Break it down. Break it all down, they're not making any money. And, and so at that point, do you tell them you should just shut down and do something different? No, because usually those people are so passionate about what they're doing, they'll do it for free. Huh. You know, these are, are cooks, um, you know, people who have a, a skill. Okay. And, and have really, they're just going to do that. Whether they get paid or not, they're going to do that. That's their passion they That's found passion. In, in life, and it doesn't yeah. matter to them if they're making money. Well, you would think it matters if they're coming to see you for advice. Well, Yeah. Ultimately, we all have to put a roof right, over our right. heads, right? Yeah, but yeah. if they're they're just not that worried about it, I mean, it's hard to fathom that. But I don't know. I, I, did you see a big change after COVID with people's mindsets that were coming to see you versus pre-COVID? Not too much. Um, I mean, everything changed, of course. Right. And on the investment side, everything changed, and that that was you know, thirty plus years in this business, I never seen anything like that. Ooh. You know, usually when we have a drop of thirty percent or more. You know, it takes, a, you know, the drop happens quick. Then it takes, you know, 12 to 18 months to work its oh, way Oh, you back. mean not another month or so? That's yeah, it? we were back to normal in three months. And it was like, if you oh, blinked, you missed it. And chills. It, yeah. I had, like, such, like, anxiety over that time period. Yeah. Um, the first, I think, March of, two th- well, two years ago right now, I, I drank a lot of wine that month. Oh, my goodness, yeah. did I drink a yeah. lot of wine that month. It was very stressful because we didn't, none of us had seen anything like that. No. And then as far as you mentioned investments, we haven't even talked about the side of your business where you help people with the financial planning of things. Um, what do you see? Did things change with your advice after COVID based off of what you saw since it's something that we've never seen before, unprecedented times, and we're all pivoting left and right? Yeah, it's it's really, it's a new world it in, is a, new in world. a lot of ways mm-hmm. and not, not necessarily a good one. Um, uh, you're not was, the only person who feels that way, yeah, Mike. There was this... this um, push after COVID or during COVID, during, after after the first drop, mm-hmm. to to just run to these companies that were either you know kind of what I call the COVID darlings. I mean, they were they were just all doing the techie great, things. yeah. Mm-hmm. But it was because of of a temporary event. You mean all those same companies that are currently aver- uh, having uh, layoffs in the headlines? Yeah. Because yeah. I, I think I saw today. I want to say Amazon's letting go more people, but. 
Yeah. And they, they have over, a, I think, a million employees. So yeah. you know, when you're looking at 9,000 jobs being cut out of a million, it, the percentage-wise isn't as bad as the media right. might make it sound. Yeah. But, but it, it got, you know, the other time I saw something like that was in the late 90s. Like the 2000 boom kind of thing? The, yeah, the tech, the tech boom and, mm-hmm. and bubble and burst. And mm-hmm. it was, you know, literally people getting together for a bit, you know, a bit lunch meeting, talking about a business plan, and a week later they had millions of dollars of funding in companies that just never were going to go anywhere. Oh. There was a, it, it got a little bit like that. Do and, you think uh, that's happening today? No. Well, and I, and I only mention that because, you know, the banks are supposed, like we've heard about banks collapsing, we've heard, you know, crypto places collapsing, like, you know, a lot of economic things could make or be break, broken come tomorrow just with what the feds decide to do with the interest rates tomorrow. Yeah. Well, you know, and, and to answer your question, I think it was going on to a certain extent, not like it was in the late 90s, but it was going on to a certain extent about a year ago. Mm-hmm. And then when the Fed started raising interest rates, talks of, of uh, you know, recession and mm-hmm. cryptocurrency mm-hmm. Um, took a nosedive, mm-hmm. that, that changed everybody's mindset a little bit. So what are you seeing in going forward? Do you feel like the markets that we're looking to invest in? Most of us, you know, if we have an account, it's like Edward Jones or we're you know, mm-hmm. throwing some money in Ford or whatever it is that we're doing. Um, do you think there's different practices today that we should be doing versus what we used to do? Um, you know, I kind of to stuck to my guns and, and held to what's invest in companies that are actually making money. Okay, but, that's a good, that's a novel thought. Yeah, not the ones that, that are just gathering clients, mm-hmm. you know that that's that's one of the problem areas. And and oh my gosh, those guys could raise so much money on Wall Street just by gathering the numbers of clients with a, a business plan that showed they may not ever make any money, but they were going to gather the clients and they were going to sell the business, you know that kind of thing. So, you know, I've just stuck to pretty much the the companies that are making money, and then kind of focused on. The essentials. Okay. So the food, mm-hmm. energy, the stuff that we just have to have, what we call the staples. Right. Medicine, medical. Mm-hmm. You know, th- those are kind of the three areas of my focus. That you feel are the safest to invest in. They're the safest. They're, they're just the stuff that's not going to go away because we have to have it. We Well, yeah, we need medical. Yeah. We need food. Food's important. Yeah. Like food. What was the other third one? Uh, energy. 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 So like anything gas-related or... Yeah. I mean, and that stuff's really expensive right now. So it's a good thing to get into... A while, a while ago. ago. Right now, there's a couple of opportunities, but, you know, it's kind of pricey, so you kind of ease into it. You don't... So do you actually manage people's portfolios then? Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Oh, that's good to know. Okay. Well, I just finished interviewing a gentleman who does a lot of investing in land and flips land and does all of that stuff, which is like the complete opposite spectrum of what you do. Yeah. Because you're, you're selling a commodity for people that you believe in as far as... They were making money. That's the novel idea, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but so many of us will get sucked into putting our money into Bitcoin because we heard it's going up 10, 20,000 like overnight. Or, you know, some of the other, like an example in my world is OfferPad. I know I love OfferPad. I work with OfferPad here in Arizona. I know the original, uh, well, the original, the CEO I used to do business with here locally. And I saw in the news, and this is kind of the, Going back to your comment about all these people can raise all this money and stuff, uh, this year in the news, I think they lost twenty four thousand on every house that they bought last year, right? Yeah. And then wow. same thing with Open Door. I think Open Door is like a hundred thousand or something insane that they lost in every house, but yet they're on the stock market and they're burning through money like I've never seen anybody do. 
and their stocks seem to be doing better than ever. So I'm just curious to, you know, what your thoughts are on something like that. Yeah, I mean, that's that's a, a bit of a mystery to me, really. But it if it doesn't change, mm-hmm. they're... they're Day of reckoning will come, you know, and that's that's what happens. Well, I think they've had a couple of days of reckoning. Uh, COVID hit first, and I know they had to lose a lot of people. And mm-hmm. then this last year, they had to do some reductions in forces. I, I mean, I know for one and for sure here local. And now they're trying to do anything else they can to make money going forward other than buying houses that got them into trouble. So right. just really interesting to me how they can be on Wall Street and spending as much money as they do, but they just seem to keep going. Yeah. At what point is the day of reckoning? And I guess that just is yet to be seen. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and, and you, you can see it with the, the tech giants. They, they, they run up and run up and run up. And then all of a sudden, wow, it's down 60% from its high. What, you know, right. still companies cranking out a lot of uh, product and, and, you know, I mean, Tesla is a good, great example. I mean, you see Tesla's all over the road. Yeah. More than you did, you know, five years ago, two mm-hmm. years ago, one year ago. Uh-huh. But the stock has had a, a tough time. So Has it? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Compared to where it was. You know, now, do you think that's just because he's so vocal out there? And well, that... That certainly Probably a doesn't, part help. Of it. <laughs> it doesn't help. Sometimes. Fighting with Twitter is not necessarily yeah. a good thing. But you know, at the end of the day, uh-huh. and that day can be several years. But at the end of the day, you uh-huh. have to make money. You have to make money. You have to be profitable, and you have to have a. Otherwise, some... you don't get to have an exotic retirement. Right. right. <laughs> but you you have to be able to justify the stock price at some point in time. Well, and that makes sense. And I want to learn more about that. But I'm going to take a quick commercial break. We're going to come right back, and I want to find out from Mike what his recommendations are for what I should be investing in next year. If you're looking for a mortgage, you need a personalized plan, not a click button get mortgage option. My team and I have saved families thousands by proactively planning their home purchase or a refinance. Buying a home is a huge decision and it deserves a strategic approach. My team and I provide a comprehensive mortgage plan, including a complete credit analysis outlining the steps needed to improve your credit score and help you qualify for the best rates and terms in the market. Visit us at tkteam.us today. We'll ensure you get the best guidance so you can make the best decisions. The TK Team, moving you forward. Hi, I'm Rebecca Hidalgo Reigns with Berkshire Hathaway Home Services, and I've been selling homes here in the Valley for over a quarter of a century. I want to say that experience truly matters. So when you're looking for a realtor to help you either buy or sell your biggest purchase of your life, I hope you'll consider using me. My experience doesn't matter near as much as my clients. So I do dare you to Google me and I promise you'll see nothing but fantastic reviews because I really do truly care to help navigate you and your family to the very best experience you'll ever have with buying a home. Have you been thinking about buying a new house or refinancing your existing mortgage? Interest rates are still around historically low levels. Why pay a higher rate when you don't have to? Call Joe Smith, me, at Epic Mortgage LLC, 602-741-4121 for a free mortgage quote or pre-qualification. Epic Mortgage LLC is a locally owned, independent mortgage brokerage that provides low-cost options for its customers. Independently owned means low overhead, so you get the best rates, fees, and service. Keep more of your money. Brokers are better. Realtor recommended for over 20 years? Contact me, Joe Smith, at Epic Mortgage today, 602-741-4121. Whether purchasing a home or refinancing, 
We know you have choices when it comes to choosing a title company. Navi Title Agency is the leading source for all title, escrow, and marketing needs. With access to the largest title insurance underwriter, Navi Title facilitates successful closings and protects clients from fraud. Creating solutions that save time and money for everyone. Ask your realtor or loan officer today about using Navi Title on your next real estate transaction. Navi Title Agency is locally owned and operated in the state of Arizona. Okay, guys, we're back. Make sure you hit subscribe if you haven't already and visit our website at gratefulheart.tv because we have show notes and all kinds of fun downloads. And I, I have to say on break, Mike just corrected me or informed me that because he's got a license, he has to be careful about what he's saying on a recording as far as specific advice of things that he can advise me to invest in. So I'm going to hit him up off camera and get all that juicy stuff. And I'll come back and tell you guys about it later. But no, seriously, what was it that you just said, Mike? Just because... Yeah, specific investment advice. We don't know who's listening. So Not we don't sure. want to give advice to somebody who goes out and does something that... And then they come back and then they come back and go, well, what Mike guy said, I needed to put all my savings yeah. into this one stock. And the term is suitability. It has to be suitable for each individual. So. Ah, that makes sense. So, okay, yeah. so I'm not going to get any specifics out of Mike today, but guess what? If you guys go to his website at MT Ryan Inc., you'll be able to get a hold of Mike yourself, and I'm sure he'd be happy off camera to give you specific advice. What would you call that? Suitability. Suitability. That is suitable for you. Um, okay, so I, I still want to talk about your company and all the offerings that you do, but you co-own a surf company? Yeah. All right, let's talk about that because okay. I've learned how to surf in the last few years and I love surfing. I don't get to do it enough living in a desert. Yeah. So how did you get in this business? Well, you know, so one of the things I do because of working in the business world for many years and owning uh -huh. small businesses is I hold myself out as a business consultant. Right. And, you know, I get called up to do all kinds of different things. And this one, a friend of mine called me up and said, hey, there's, you know, some friends that I have are looking at this potential opportunity, and I'm not sure if it sounds right. Can you go in and kick the tires and see what's going on? Make sure it's a real business. Yeah, and and so I did, and, and you know, it, it started off with... You kicked the surfboards, not the tires <laughs> on this case. Well, we started off, I just took a look at it mm -hmm. and thought, that's interesting, but the person that has brought this to you, um, just not sure, you know, if they really have what they they are saying they might have, uh -huh. and it turned out after you know two three weeks that we found out that that person did not have what they said they had in terms of this potential product mm -hmm. that would come out to surfing, and the and the product and what it is is basically performance tracking. Okay. For the sport of surfing. Okay. Which has been very lacking in that sport. I mean, wow. given that it's an Olympic sport nowadays, it's a professional. Mm -hmm. sport with you know the top guys making seven figures and a, a worldwide circuit and whatnot yeah. it, it's one of the only sports of that caliber that doesn't have good performance tracking and statistics well I and mean, if you don't track it then how do you improve it if you don't know where you're at there's that and and there's the customer or the uh not the customer the spectator experience oh so you like know. scores and ratings yeah. and stats and for their peeps that they like to follow right. so you know when there's downtime in a in a golf game or a baseball game uh -huh. there's just they're just pumping out stats and yeah. you know com doing comparisons and in surfing doesn't have a lot of that they have some but they don't mm -hmm. have a lot of it so we actually um when i we started looking at this we had some pretty important meetings with people at very high levels in the in the surf world and the interest was there. So I said to the guys, I said, guys, you know, we don't 
have a product. We don't really have anything, but there's sure a lot of interest in this. Let's right. see what we can do. Right. And so we started, you know, testing a few things and, and putting some things together. We, uh, one of my partners is, uh, his son was just a technology whiz and he, he put this contraption together in a, in a bunch of literally wires and gadgets soldered together and stuck in a GoPro case. And we put it on the front of a surfboard and went out and lo and behold, we got the, we got the data. No way! That's yeah. so. So, what kind of data? Just like the at the um, size of the surf, or no, like anything no. like that. We're, so, what we did, we got it mounted on the surfboard. Oh, that's so we're, awesome! We're measuring just the movement of the surfboard. But okay. We get speed, we get power of the turns, we get you know directional rotational movements, mm -hmm. um, how far you know up and down the the they what we call go. the drop mm -hmm. when they first drop in, and you know, and then we're we're kind of in the process now of of pulling that apart and putting it back together so that it's really easy, user-friendly, and understandable. So the guys that are the pros, they can put this, um, is that what it is? Uh, yeah. So this is, a, this is a version of it, and it's a sensor. It's a sensor. That, so they that, just strap it on their board and yeah, go and out? Yeah, it's actually a whole pack of sensors. And it, and it, so this is a traction pad. Mm -hmm. it, it goes at the back of the board. It keeps your foot from sliding off the back, and it's probably used on 90% of the, the surfboards, at least the the, prof short the ones boards. the professionals are using. Yeah. The performance boards, yeah. And so this just slides in the back and and it starts measuring that. And then, you know, that this that's actually a fairly um, dated uh, version drawing. of it. Yeah, because we've gotten it a lot smaller and, uh, you know, kind of changed the configuration. But mm -hmm. same idea. We mount it on the back of the surfboard mm -hmm. or somewhere on the surfboard where it's very stable. Mm -hmm. And that way we get exactly what the board's doing. And so the, the surfer can go back and look at that. We can pair it with a video. So he can look at the video and see, what see all doing. those things, those readings going by and say, oh, well, that's what made me get more speed. That's how I got a more powerful turn. Mm -hmm. And so from a coaching and training standpoint, that's awesome. That's what it is. And then from a, a spectator standpoint, they get to see, oh, wow, that guy just went 20 miles an hour on a, on a wave. Yeah. yeah. So, so are they actually doing it at the competitions where no. you guys are not quite there yet? Uh, you know, it's it, we're, we're moving in that direction. So uh -huh. we, we, we're, we're sponsoring an amateur. We're a sponsor of an mm -hmm. amateur surf league. Mm -hmm. And we are, I can't say a whole lot about this because it's, it's still in the works. In the works. But it looks like we're going to be sponsoring an Olympic team for the 2024 Olympics. Oh, that is so cool. Yeah. What a win for your company. Yeah. And, and it all started off because your friend called you saying, hey, will you go kick these tires yeah. for me? And next thing you know, you're part a part of this company yeah yeah so does it require much time from you to right now it does and i am not a tech person uh-huh and, and it became very technical so we fortunately we were able to find a couple of key guys that were able to, to work on the technology and you're just doing a great job with that so your own business services you get to use for yourself on your own company i love it yeah <laughs> so you figure out where your chinks are and go find that go find somebody to fill those holes for you and yeah i mean it doesn't you know i'm i'm kind of over the hill with the surf i, I still surf a lot but yeah for me it's I, I've well been, you're in california you i've get been to. a test pilot uh -huh. let's say Oh, so you've got your own stats when you go out on your board? Well, we're just, I mean, yeah, kind of. But we're really just testing to make sure that things are working. Uh -huh. Are we getting the waterproofing correct? You know, yeah. all that kind of stuff before we, we go into production, which we aren't in production yet. We're getting close. Sounds like you're there getting yet. there. Yeah. Sounds like you're getting there. That's really exciting stuff, Mike. So when people, you know, you hear it all the time, you know, especially during COVID, 
people who are dreaming big dreams, you know, don't want to go back to work in that cubicle and they want to be a business owner. Maybe they haven't started, but they have grandma's recipe from the pizza sauce and they want to go out there and, and start a business. Does anybody ever come to you before they get started? Yeah. Do they? Yeah. I've, I've, I figured most of your clients came to you after they messed things up. Well, they do that. But I, I, <laughs> no, I've, I've been involved in a, in a few startups. Have you? And uh, this, this being the most significant. Okay. Yeah, because yeah, I was figuring this was probably a startup, but you you know, opted to join them and, right. and you're in the business with your friend. So that's right. a little bit different than your normal probably clients that come to you and they're like, what do I do? What am I doing here? So do, is there any sound advice that you give people over and over again that, you know, as far as setting up their companies or getting started with their companies or what, what do you normally t tell people the first time they call you? Well, you know, they really need to make sure they've got a, a, a viable business mm. or a viable business plan and it's actually going to make money one of the things i see is is people will start going through jumping through certain hoops they'll set up a corporation or an llc mm -hmm. and they'll do this and they'll do that and all of a sudden they're getting hit with you know fees and taxes and they have to file a tax return because they set this up and they aren't even generating any revenue they haven't right. even gotten into business yet right so i just make sure that the first thing that they do is they really put some thought into is this actually going to be a viable business and when is it going to become viable because don't don't spend a lot of money on stuff that's not necessary before you even know right you know? right right and that's a matter of just trying to figure out is what you want to do fill a need that does currently it fill a need does it um, yeah is there a market for it have you done any market research mm -hmm. um you know that kind of thing well, and that would be one of those things that, you know, everybody who has a passion, you know, they think for sure what their passion is, is going to be everybody else's passion. And I'm sure you probably have seen a lot of failures come oh, yeah. across. Yeah. Is there anything that you see normally from the failures that, you know, might be, be something somebody would avoid? You know, I, I would say in the early stages, it is just that they didn't do the market research. They didn't know. They had a great idea or to them what sounded like a great idea, mm -hmm. something they were passionate about. They mm -hmm. saw I'm passionate about it. Everybody else has to be. Right. They didn't go out and find that out. So how would somebody go about doing that market research? Do you hire a company to you do can, it for you? You can hire a company. Mm -hmm. um, in, the, in the case of Surf One, we did a questionnaire. Oh. And, okay. you know, we just would go down to the beach and hand these things out. Hey, this, you know, let us show you our little video, what uh -huh. we're doing. Uh, what do you think? Can you answer these, you know, eight or nine questions? You don't make it too long. Cause yeah. Otherwise, people say, I don't have time for that. Right, 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 right. Um, you can do focus groups. You can do, you can hire companies that, that just specialize in doing that. Okay. So, like, if you come expensive. up with some, and it's some sort of invention and you're like, this is the best thing since sliced bread. And then you're like, okay, let's see if it really is. Yeah. And then yeah. that's when you go to a focus group or find, hire a company that will do all that. Right. Is that expensive? It sounds expensive. That, that can be expensive. Yeah, that no, sounds If expensive. you do it yourself. You know, not so bad, but if, yeah, if you have to hire a company that specializes in that, because they're, they're used to doing that for Coca-Cola and, yeah. you know. Big corporations. Big, big corporations, yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's a little hard to do that as a startup, mm -hmm. you know, or it, particularly if you're just a, you know, sole proprietor, entrepreneur type. Right. But you can do the, you can do the other stuff. You can do the market, you know, just come up with some questions. Mm -hmm. Hey, what would you be willing, if, if you saw this in the marketplace, what would you be willing to pay? Mm -hmm. uh, is it something that you'd be interested in? Mm -hmm. you, know, you know, those kind of things. Fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah. So anybody watching the show today who's dreaming that big dream of starting their own business and they probably step one vet to make sure that somehow one way or the other, whether you're doing it yourself, what you want to bring to market is something that other people want to see come to market. Right. 
that would be step one. And then setting up entities and things of that nature, I'm sure you do help people with. Or I, I do help. I, I help with that and get involved in that. But I want to make sure they've done the other stuff first. The other thing, and this is this is kind of a, you know, it's a little bit tongue-in-cheek, but it, it does happen where somebody will be, you know, an employee for 20 years uh-huh. in an industry and they'll say, I'm sick of this. I'm going to go do it myself because I'm sick of being, you know, I want to work for myself. Yeah. And I want to have my own hours. Right. And, you know, I, I, I'm sick of my boss. Well, you might go into business and all of a sudden you don't have one boss. You have a thousand bosses because you have a thousand <laughs> clients. Right? right. You don't, you're not working 40 hours a week. You're working 60 hours a week. You don't get paid vacations. You don't get, yeah. uh, you know, you don't get medical. sick leave. You don't Mm-mm. get medical. And no. so they have to understand that. And so sometimes, you know, I'll talk to somebody and say, have you really thought that through? Right. Because your life is going to change dramatically. Well, and you know, you bring that up. There's something that we use in real estate often, and I've done it with employees, agents alike for many years called uh, the disc, the Tony Robbins disc, mm. because we go through it and we're like, oh, we want a high D and I for sales, but we want an S and a C to, you know, help out in the back office kind of thing. Do you have anything that you do with your folks just to see if they're the right mindset or personality type? Not, or would you even recommend that? I, I mean, that might not be a bad idea. I just kind of, you know. You can tell. Yeah. just Talking to somebody. Tribal knowledge from doing this for so long. I just kind of understand where their, their head's at. And then if I see that, though, if I see that they don't realize what they're about to step into, I will stop and we'll have that conversation. So last question, because we're getting ready to run out of time. Somebody comes to hire you, Mike. Is that expensive? And what's that? What does that look like? Because I've never hired a business coach per se, other than a real estate one, who you know is telling me all these real estate things I need to do, and it's you know in, in my world not expensive because it's something that they do with everybody, right? Yeah. I yeah. think yours is a little bit more specialized and personalized. So, what would that look like for the average Joe coming to start a business with you? You know, I mean, I I, I sometimes price it out hourly. Sometimes I price it out as uh, a a project. Let's uh-huh. look, we're going to do, do this, this together. So uh-huh. it kind of depends. I don't think it's expensive. I'm certainly a lot. Less I'm sure ex- you're very valuable for whatever it is well, that you and, charge. And I'm, a, I'm I, this is what I always say. I'm a lot less expensive than your attorney. Yeah, <laughs> that's a good point to make because yeah. attorneys are very expensive. Yes, and are. when you step in it, they're even worse. So yeah, um, yeah I, I'm definitely a proactive type of minded person. So I try to stay out of the trouble before I get into the right. trouble. So I'm more likely going to call somebody like you before I get into trouble, before I have to call an attorney. But man, oh man, that's a scary perspective to put it into because yeah, if you go in the business world and you do things wrong, lawsuits happen all yeah. the time. In fact, I, I would guess that more lawsuits come out of broken business arrangements than probably just about anything else. Because I've heard some nasty stories over the years of people suing each other from fa- businesses gone bad. Yeah, yeah. And, that, and you know, and that's another thing that I get involved in. I don't write these because that is that is the foray of an attorney, but I'll outline it for somebody. And that's the, the buy-sell agreements. And, oh, for when they're selling their business. Yeah. And if you've got, well, it covers a lot more than that, actually, because if you got three or four partners in a business, mm-hmm. you know, there's always going to be a disagreement. Always. Or, or, or more. Mm-hmm. You, you know, you know, the, and it could be, particularly when you have even numbers, because then it's two against two, one against one, three against it three. It is so funny that you say that. My attorney for um, my project that I want to do with housing, 
He's like, Rebecca, whatever you do, make sure you have an odd number of people on your board. On the board, exactly. Odd number, all day long. Right. And I never thought about that until he told me that, but it makes sense. Yeah, but sometimes, you know, just as people come together in in partnerships or Mm -hmm. to to form a business, it's an even number or whatever. So you have a buy-sell agreement that does a lot more than just, you know, most people think buy-sell, oh, if I get sick or die. Right. Yeah, what but happens? you always have to have an exit strategy planned for no matter what partnership. Well, and, and you know, what if somebody goes to jail? Ooh. What if they get divorced and all, you know, in California, you could have in a community property state, you could all of a sudden have the, the spouse yeah. as, as your new partner. And that wasn't what you signed up for. Yeah. So, you know, all those in, in, a, in a really well thought out buy sell agreement, it addresses a bunch of different scenarios and how you handle each one. And if you have that, going in then you know so you have a, a buy s- so the buy sell agreement is more of a roadmap between partners between oh, yeah. partners yeah. up front and I, and some people will call that a partnership agreement yeah that's what i was wondering yeah. i would have called that a partnership agreement i, I refer to it as buy sell because re- what's really happening in in the extreme cases of uh-huh. somebody needs to exit the partnership one reason or another divorce yeah. death jail right. sickness whatever if they're exiting somebody's got to buy them out or you know. Right. And if you just throw them out, that's when you're going to get sued. Oh. <laughs> so. Wow. So much to worry about when it comes to starting your own business, yeah. running your own business, owning your own business. And I'm sure we've only touched the surface yeah. of it. Um, so that said, if you guys want help um, with the surfing device, you can call Mike or you probably would rather get his help with your own business. And if that's the case, just go to Inc. Inc. Inc.com, and you'll find how to contact Mike, have a consult with him. I'm assuming probably if somebody picks up the phone and calls you, you're not immediately sending them a bill for the first call. Always free, in in person or on phone. I I never... For the first that, consult, that first just to consult, see if it's yeah. a, if it's a if it's a good connection or not, and then from there, you guys um, hopefully have a very very successful business thanks to Mike's help. So, Mike, thank you for coming on today. Thank you. I feel like so honored you happen to be in Arizona and could come in person. I would tell you what, I love my shows so much better when I have somebody live in person with me. So much more fun. And uh, are there any final thoughts you'd like to share before we we sign off today? Um, no, I appreciate this, Rebecca. This was a, a lot of fun and. Uh, no, I think you've you've summed up everything quite well. But uh, for the business owners, yeah, they just the more advice, particularly as, as they're starting a business or as they're about to exit a business, mm-hmm. the more advice they can get, the more outside kind of third party objective opinions. And the better advice, off they'll be. The better off they'll be. I agree wholeheartedly. You guys listen to it here. Give Mike a call if you're thinking about starting or ending a business. know about you guys but I learned a ton and since I'm looking at starting a new business I cannot wait myself to sit down and make sure I'm talking to Mike before I'm talking to an attorney he sounds a lot cheaper than a lawyer so make sure if you're in the same boat you give him a call first talk to you guys soon what a great show and thank you for joining us on our mutual journey to becoming unharmable and successful in all of our experiences while we're here in this school of life We hope you enjoyed it. If you watched us on YouTube, please like and subscribe so you don't miss any future episodes. Likewise, if you're catching us on one of our podcast platforms, be sure to follow us so you never miss out on another one of our shows again. Remember that if you ever have a question about real estate or any of the other topics we cover, check us out on the web, www.gratefulheart.tv, for all of our links to connect with us. I'm on vacation every single day Cause I love my occupation Hey, hey, hey I'm on vacation
I'm on vacation every single day, every every single day.